0: Hey, what's up everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the
1: For the Culture
0: Podcast.
1: This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears, and it's officially our first game preview of the season. Colts-Panthers preseason week one of three. With the 17th game added, the NFL thought that one regular season game equaled one preseason game, as if that was a fair trade-off. So we'll have 17 regular season games to three preseason games. Because 20 is 20, right, Jason? So that is the mentality of the nfl but at the end of the day we know it's money 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 so preseason week number one we're hosting the carolina panthers it's a one o'clock game on sunday don't know who's in who's out yet there's obviously a lot of injuries yesterday quitty pay went down with an ankle so i don't expect to see him he was obviously a guy we were very excited to see in the preseason but they'll definitely be very cautious and precautionary With that ankle. So, we're going to just go through our things to watch. It's not a regular season game. It's not about win loss. It's not about keys to winning this game. It's about what we're looking for certain battles, certain matchups, certain players, whether they be rookies, guys fighting to make the team, guys fighting for a starting spot, so on and so forth. So, That's what we're looking for. But football's back, Jason, which is really, I think, the main point you want to drive home in the preseason. It's right around the corner. You could smell it. You could taste it. You could see it on the horizon week one, just about three and a half, four weeks away from week one of the regular season.
0: Absolutely, man. And coming off the the heels of the, the Hall of Fame induction for Edge and Peyton, The extensions getting done and obviously Frank and and Ballard being the most recent guys with extensions. This is exciting time for Cole fans. And now we get to roll right into the preseason and we're not that far away from the regular season. So it's really exciting. And uh, I'm really pumped up. I'm ready to go. It's great. It's gonna be great to have fans back in all the buildings, whether they have to wear masks or not. Even if they do, it's gonna be exciting just to have those crowds there because obviously we missed that. And the players, I'm sure, missed it just as much, if not more, than we did last year. So I'm really, really excited. Preseason game number one, Carolina Panthers at Lucas Oil, Sunday 1 o'clock. Going to be fun. Going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting. I don't think I've been this excited about a preseason game ever, just based (laughs) on the circumstances of what's going on in the last 18 months in this country and also the circumstances of our quarterback position. Mm -hmm. So very excited, very pumped up for the season to start. It's going to be a fun one, an interesting one, and uh, get started on Sunday.
1: It's so true, Jason. Between not having a preseason last year and everything going on with the quarterback position, although it does seem like Wentz is trending in the right direction, even take Wentz out of the picture, if Wentz was fully healthy, I was excited to watch – Eason and Ellinger playing the preseason regardless especially Jacob Eason who's been here for 16 months and we've never seen him put on the uniform and throw a pass in a game period whether it be preseason regular season postseason we've never seen this guy throw a pass. In a Colts uniform so I'm excited for that same with Ellinger although it's only been four months compared to the 16 months we've waited for Jacob Eason but yeah there's a lot of excitement surrounding this preseason I think for all 32 teams especially for us given the quarterback situation with Wentz and the fact that we've had this guy who's 6 foot 6 has all these great intangibles has the big arm that's been waiting in the wing now for about 16 months that we haven't seen throw a pass so getting into the things to watch we have three on the offensive side of the ball three on the defensive side of the ball we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball with key number one or thing to watch number one everybody's talking about it and that is the quarterback if you want to call it battle you could call it a battle I think it's more of just I'm excited to watch both these guys individually I think that Jacob Beeson has the leg up he was the fourth round pick he was here last year he had a full season to sit behind a hall of fame quarterback and learn and watch Philip Rivers go to work every week, also had a great leader, a great guy in front of him in Jacoby Brissett, who he also was able to pick the brain of and learn things from, at least in the locker room as a leader and a pro's pro. So he had two guys that he was able to sit behind last year, veteran guys and learn from. And then you have Sam Ellinger come in, a sixth-round pick this year, a rookie, played at Texas last year. So you have two guys that are coming into this preseason much differently somebody asked me this week who do i want to win the quarterback battle and i don't really care who wins i want the best quarterback to win do i have my opinions yeah i think that jacob eason has the higher upside i think he is the guy who ultimately will win this quote-unquote battle so that's where i'm leaning in terms of what i think but at the end of the day i want the best quarterback who gives us the best chance to win on sundays to win the job or at least win the backup job and be the guy backing up Carson Wentz, who hopefully is ready week one, week two, the latest of the regular season. So that's where I'm at with these two guys. As far as who am I more excited to see, it is Jacob Eason because the unknown and the wait has been a hell of a lot longer than Sam Ellinger. He was a higher pick in the fourth round, he's been here longer we haven't seen him yada yada everything we talked about he does have the stronger arm he does have the prototypical size and there's just been so many question marks and then i think it's fascinating how you have so many cult fans that love eason without seeing him play and then you have so many Colt fans that hate eason without seeing him play so my excitement level is definitely higher for eason but that is thing to watch number one all hands on deck the quarterback battle watching these two young quarterbacks square off you have Jacob Eason and you have Sam Ellinger we've had a lot of guys that are at Colts camp they're constantly tweeting out their performances every day oh Eason went two for eight Sam Ellinger went four for six Eason went ten for eleven Eason went two for nine I don't care until I see it out there on the field opinions start forming week one of the preseason which is this sunday and thing to watch number one the
0: quarterback battle well without a doubt man and i couldn't have said any better than you did i mean at the end of the day it's about what they do when the lights come on yeah they can they can you know throw great versus air and seven on seven and they you know going against our defense and all that but but the bottom line is how do they lead the team do they lead the team the points do are they able to pick up the what the defense is trying to do and, and move the ball to, despite that? Are they able to, you know, check out a bad plays? Are they able to throw the ball away when there's nothing there? I mean, you know, with young players, there's so many things, just small things, for instance. I mean, Jacoby had a problem doing this, and he wasn't even a rookie, but just throwing the ball away instead of holding it too long. You take it a sack or, you know, fumbling the ball. I like to see, you know, young quarterbacks be decisive, and, and if there's nothing there, just throw it away. Little things like that are going to be things that I'm keeping an eye on. I really love the makeup of Ellinger, but you can't overstate the physical talents of Eason. So it's going to be fun, man. You're going to see the talent, the arm talent of Eason and what he can do. And you're going to see the grit. And I hate using that word because it's a Chuck word. But (laughs) honestly, it describes Sam Ellinger so well. He's a tough, hard-nosed kid. He'll run the ball. He'll... You know, he can do a lot of different things, but the biggest problem and the thing that we have to see if he can overcome is the lack of arm strength. It's apparent. It's obvious when you watch him on tape. And so you're going to have to make decisions quicker when you don't have a live arm like Jacob Eason does. You're going to have to make decisions faster. And we saw a guy like Philip Rivers last year definitely doesn't have Jacob Eason's arm make those decisions. But he'd been in the league 20 years. This is a rookie. My biggest question with Ellinger is, is he going to be able to make the quick decisions and get the ball out on time because he doesn't have that arm strength to throw outside the numbers, whereas Jacob Eason can make every throw? He can maybe wait that extra millisecond, whereas Sam Ellinger has to be on time all the time. So I'm excited, man. This is the biggest thing I'm looking at. And I know they're probably not going to play the Panthers starters, but they are going to play. NFL caliber players probably their backups that are going to be on the roster and I'm going to, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they do in their first start cuz even though it's preseason, Luke, you know there's going to be nerves. It's the first game. It's not only the first game for Ellinger, it's the first game for Eason. Mm-hmm. So, they're both going to have nerves. How do they overcome that? How do they, you know, how do they lead the offense? Are they able to make plays when there's nothing there? Are they able to throw the ball away? Are they able to limit turnovers? All the things that we look for in our starter, we're going to want to see from our backups. So very excited, man, if you couldn't tell, to see these two go out there and play. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's about who the best player is. I like both these kids. I thought they were both great picks. If you go back and listen to our draft stuff, I love the Eason pick because it was low risk, high reward, and it's the same thing with Ellinger. And so I love both the kids, and I want to see them play and may the best man win.
1: Yeah, you know what's so funny? Both guys, you can make the argument, have an advantage from their 2020 season. Whether it's Sam Ellinger actually on the field playing football, or if you're Eason, who had a year of basically studying and learning and sitting behind a Hall of Fame quarterback and sitting behind Jacoby and being in the Frank Reich offense and running scout team against NFL players on defense. So you could really say you could pick your poison – which was more advantageous. And I just think personality wise with all the knocks on Jacob Eason, And one of the reasons why at least rumored to be one of the reasons why he fell in the draft was because of leadership and work ethic and all these things that are the complete polar opposite of Philip rivers. Like if you're not a hard worker, go sit behind Phillip rivers. If you have bad work ethic, go sit behind Phillip Rivers. If you're not a great leader, go sit behind Phillip Rivers. So like all that stuff for him to be able and be humbled by... Because this is a guy who was a five-star coming out of high school. This is a guy who walked onto the Georgia campus and I'm pretty sure started as a freshman. The only adversity he really had was coming back off the injury, but then he left anyway and then he goes and becomes a starter at Washington. So he's never really had that humility. He's never had... He's always seemed to be the guy. And then last year, who's as far as could possibly be on the roster, on the 53-man, he was number 53. And I think it was the pure talent and the size that kept him around. And yeah, I'm excited. And I just think it's funny because the Colt fan base is so split on this guy. And at the end of the day, everybody's wrong or everybody's right, because nobody knows yet. Like, we just don't know. So, yeah, that's absolutely number one. I'm excited, you're excited, everybody should be excited to watch these two quarterbacks, regardless of Wentz's status week one, but especially if Wentz isn't able to go, The magnitude of these two guys and who's starting week one is just that much more important. And thing number two to watch on the offensive side of the ball, which is equal to, if not greater than the importance of the quarterback, the guys protecting the quarterback. We've had a lot of offensive line injuries. Obviously, we've known about Eric Fisher since well before we even signed him, obviously, in the playoffs when he got hurt with the torn Achilles. But the day we signed him, we knew he most likely would not be ready to start the season. You have Sam Tevy, you have Davenport, you have Holden. Nobody has looked good in training camp, which is very concerning. It's great on the defensive end. It looks like we have about seven pro bowlers at the end (laughs) spots because every day, I mean, Ben Banigou, Ben he's has like a 1,000 sacks in training camp. And one area of concern, I'm not as concerned with the guard spots. Of course, we have injuries there as well. And the center spot injury there as well to Ryan Kelly we were just talking about the starters on the offensive line going into this preseason game not knowing who's active and not active yet but we feel like Glowinski will be the only starter on the offensive line so you could be down four starters with a backup quarterback battle which means they're gonna have to be on their P's and Q's getting the ball out of their hands quick especially the tackle spots because I feel like Nelson will be back Kelly, Smith, but one spot that we know we're not going to have our starter back is the left tackle spot going into week one. And because the reports out of training camp are so negative for these tackles, that's a huge spot of emphasis going into the preseason.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I'm very, very concerned, obviously, with the depth that tackle – one thing I will say, Sam Tevy is a, a pretty good uh, run blocker, so he does have that going for him, but he is, I mean, I, I don't know how to put in words how bad he is as a pass blocker. I mean, he, he is just horrible, terrible feet. He does not have good, you know, he, his his body does not work together. For you to be a good offensive lineman, especially a tackle, your body has to work together. You have, a, have to have a good base. You have to have good arms you know, good leverage. He has none of that. There's a clip, I'm sure you've all seen it of, uh, I think it was Ture just pass rushing him, it's just straight up pass rushing. He basically threw him to the side and, you know, got to the quarterback. And and Ture is not, a, It's not his game isn't strength, it's speed. So that's scary to me. Julian Davenport, he's just as bad. I thought Holden did all right when he was in, in the Pittsburgh game. So I, I do have a little bit higher expectations for him. I do like Chris Reed, the signing from Carolina. I think he's probably our sixth best offensive lineman. He's a guard. I think if he had to play for Quentin, obviously he's not Quentin, but he's he's not a bad player. I would say he's an above-average player. So it's probably going to be ugly. The quarterbacks are going to have to make you know chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what because they're not going to have – the five best offensive linemen, and chances are I don't even think they're going to play Glowinski. If they do, it'll be for a series. So you're going to see Sam Tevy, You're going to see Will Fries. You're going to see Danny Penter. You're going to see Chris Reed, and you're going to see Will Holden probably with Davenport coming in and some of the younger guys coming in. I am excited to see Will Fries play. He's absolutely worked his ass off. I've seen Two or three different days where he's the last guy out there working after after camp has ended after practice has ended, so I really like his work ethic I loved him coming out of college I thought I never thought he would be around as late as he was so I'm excited to see him and his first game experience but we have to see something positive from these players there has been very little if any positive things written about our backup tackles or our backup offensive line in general by our beat writers that have been there every day. Now, one thing I will say, and I'm not criticizing those guys because they're doing their job reporting what they see, but a lot of times you have these guys that are really, really bad or really, really good in those in, during training camp and during inter-squad practices, and then they go out on the field and they're either if they're good, they're bad in the games or if they're bad in, you know, practice they actually surprise you in the games. So I take that stuff with a grain of salt, you know? Um it all comes down to how they play when the lights come on. So we'll see what happens. I don't have high expectations for a guy like Sam Tevy just because he is what he is. He's a horrible pass blocker, decent uh, run blocker. And and Reed is a really good run blocker, and Penter's a solid run blocker. and So maybe we run the ball and throw a lot of short check down passes. I don't know, but we have to see something. It cannot be a repeat of last year's backup offensive line because it will cost us games. It will absolutely cost us games if those guys have to play. They have to be prepared to play, and they have to be prepared to play well.
1: No question. And as far as reports out of training camp, when there's a negative report, I usually believe it a little bit more than when there's a positive report. Like when a guy's going off in training camp, I'm like, okay, I need to see it on the field. When you have a backup tackle who you already know isn't good and he's getting burnt in practice when it's not even really like full speed yet, it definitely concerns me more. You know exactly what they're going to do. And – to see clips of Sam Tevi standing straight up, one on one, when they're not even allowed to hit the quarterback, it's definitely concerning, to me.
0: Luke, no, no, that's a great point, Luke. It's it, it, Sam Tevi playing any significant amount of time scares the absolute crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I would rather honestly go with Holden. I think he's a me better too. pass blocker. But man, seeing that you and that's a great point. You're right. He is what they are. What they are if they were anything better than that, they wouldn't be backups. So, no. and if they uh, were dominating blows, blows my mind. And,
1: and to be honest, if they were dominating in camp, I would be like, I need to see it on the field because they're not even going full speed. Can't even hit the quarterback. So it's just right. such a different game. But yeah, one it, thing I will say, at least as far as like guys staying healthy and cause I really want, one of the reasons I want these tackles to hold up in the preseason games is just so we could get a fair evaluation of Ellinger right. and Eason without them running around like chickens with their heads cut off. But one thing I will say, which I guess you could view as like, I want to see it sucks because I want to see Eason and Ellinger go up against first team defense, but I want to see the offensive line because we're going to see at least four, maybe five backups. I kind of want to see them go up against the backup defensive line one because I'm not so sure they could block a backup defensive line and two because I want Easton and Ellinger not to have all the time in the world but a reasonable amount of time to be able to get the ball off because if they're just if they're getting hit every two seconds then it's like how do you even evaluate them playing the quarterback position because at that point it's like one Mississippi two boom there's a guy in the backfield yeah. you know what I mean
0: no that's a great point and and I mean the way I kind of look at it, and you're spot on. I don't even think I I don't know who Carolina's going to play. I'm guessing they're going to keep their starters out. But even if even if they do, I'm still not confident in this offensive line, especially on the on the at the tackle spot. The one way one positive I guess you could kind of look at it, uh, or a positive spin you could put on it is you're going to be under you're going to be under adverse conditions right from the jump. Yeah. So you're going to see how two guys. Are basically in the same position and how they handle adversity because they're, if they come out throwing the ball, they're going to get hit and you're mm-hmm. going to see how they react to that. Um, I would expect the Colts to come out and try to run because I don't think they want to put these young guys in harm's way. But you do have to throw the ball some, and and I'll be interested to see how both guys handle it because I think it's going to be. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to see her lie and say, I know the Panther depth chart like you know the back of my hand but i know they've got really good defensive players and i know they're going to have young defensive linemen out there playing and the colts man i, I i'm it's just that's why you watch the games you just want to see how they adapt not only the quarterbacks but the linemen they're going to have to figure it out and yeah. so and on the run so that's that's the good thing about preseason the score the games don't count but the film does and you can teach through film and that's the best thing about it
1: yeah it's true and it kind of sucks that the other four guys or at least three out of the other four guys outside of the left tackle spot are also going to be out because I really want to see Sam Tevy or Holden or Davenport or whoever's going to be the week one left tackle. I want to see them go against starters, but it's so much different going up against a starter with Quentin Nelson to your right than no disrespect to Reed, but with a guy like Reed to your right, it just the whole line is so obviously so much different because it's like, a different guy at every spot and we even saw that with Anthony Costanzo he was a different player when he started playing next to Quentin Nelson so like I know Nelson will help you out at left tackle come the regular season maybe not week two when he's going to be taking care of Aaron Donald but week one and most weeks just the presence of Quentin Nelson next to you will make you a better player so with Reed next to you and without Kelly and without Smith and possibly without Glowinski it's just going to make the entire line look that much different and I really want to get a fair evaluation with these backup quarterbacks. And I think a backup D-line versus our backup O-line will at least give them a better look in terms of a little bit of time to throw. And one of the guys they'll be throwing to, the third thing to watch on the offensive side of the ball, wide receiver Michael Strong. We drafted this guy, I think, I don't remember the exact round, fifth or sixth round, right, Jason? Late in the yeah, draft.
0: Yeah, I think it was a sixth round, yeah.
1: Sixth round pick, Division II school, yeah, I think it was sixth. Division two school out of Charleston is a school. I think in West Virginia, 19 touchdown receptions in 2019 didn't play last year because Charleston didn't have a season due to COVID 19 touchdowns. The last time he played a season grant it it's division two. He's having a great camp grant it. It's camp. Like I said, and we both said before training camp, everything must be taken with a grain of salt. However, I've seen a couple clips where he's going up against Xavier Rhodes, creating separation, making a great one-hand catch. Today, another one-hand catch in the red zone. When you look at the elite physical traits this kid has, I know he played weak competition in college, but he dominated it. Chris Ballard has a knack for finding diamonds in the rough. Could Michael Strawn be a diamond in the rough? So far, it looks like it through camp and through the insane Division Two career he had at Charleston. This is a guy we've both been excited about since we drafted him. I think the hype has been taken to another level in camp, especially because so many reports out of camp have been negative, whether it be injuries, whether it be the quarterback position, whether it be the offensive line, Sam Tevy, on and on and on. It's been very negative, minus contract extensions for smith leonard and bringing back our head coach and general manager for the next five years has been a pretty negative camp in terms of injuries and that stuff but one guy who has been shining has been strong and it's a guy we've been excited about so going into the preseason this is his time to shine the third and maybe the most exciting thing to watch because the offensive line it's key number two but we're not excited about it it's almost like you know eating vegetables like you don't want to do it, but you have to do it. Number three, watching Mike Strawn, I think is going to be a lot of fun on Sunday against Carolina.
0: Yeah. The only thing that's given me slight pause is it reminds me of the Duran Carter hype. And then that turned into a disaster, but this kid and Luke, you know, pretty much from day one, both of us have been really rocking with this guy. We love his attitude. He's got things you can't teach. He's got size. He's got speed, great hands, the way he can catch the ball. Uh, and he adjusts the balls over his head. I mean, he's... I just think he he has something about him that makes me think this kid is legit, and I just cannot wait to see him on the field. Uh, he's made plays against all of our corners, whether it be Zave, whether it be Kenny, Rock. He's played against all those guys, and he's done well. Obviously, it's a different animal when you get a different team and you're under the lights and all that, but... I love this kid. He's clearly outplayed Patman so far, which you know kind of sucks because I had some high hopes for Patman. But I really think the two guys that have really you know kind of stepped up this camp and really played well are polar opposites. You got a smaller slot guy like DeMichael Harris that you can do all kinds of things with, Mm -hmm. kind of a poor man's Naeem Hines, and then you got a guy like uh, you know Strawn, who's you know probably our biggest receiver. Um, very fast, just things you can't teach. And I, Those two guys are the guys I'm really focused on watching because, I mean, if you remember when Harris played last year in small amounts, that kid went out there and made plays. Yep. It must be something about that number 12 because when <laughs> he was out there, he was making plays. He just didn't get a lot of opportunity. He's picked up where he left off apparently in this camp. So to me, those two guys are the guys that I'm going to keep an eye on. Obviously the entire wide receiver core is something to keep an eye on but those two have been the guys that have been getting the most publicity from the media that has been there watching the camp and watching the players and obviously they've been making plays so that's something i hope to see continued on sunday hopefully jacob eason and sam ellinger can find those guys and get them involved because they're both big time playmakers and i think they could have a spot on this roster both of them because they just they do so many things well and they can change the game so very excited about seeing the the wide receiver core, but more importantly, those two guys I think have a lot to offer this roster, and very excited to see how they play this Sunday.
1: No doubt. And it was always funny last year watching the Michael Harris in the number twelve jersey because you get so accustomed to seeing a certain number associated with a certain player, and you're used to twelve being a big six foot four, broad shoulder quarterback, and now all of a sudden you have this small little shifty slot receiver. So I thought that was hilarious last year when DeMichael Harris really started to play and play meaningful snaps. So yeah, another guy super excited to see this weekend as well. And I'm not going to lie, even though Patman hasn't had the greatest camp, I'm excited to see him. Like Eason, we've waited 16 months, so there's a little bit of that mystery. And although he hasn't had the greatest camp, you never know when the lights turn on, some guys are worse than they were in practice, but other guys are better than they were in practice. And I saw you made a great catch yesterday on a ball that was a little underthrown from Easton. It was like a 50-yard bomb or 60-yard bomb, maybe Ellinger. And he kind of turned back and made a nice catch over his shoulder. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch these young receivers as well. That is the third and final thing to watch. Well, third and final thing on our list to watch on Sunday on the offensive side of the ball. As for the defensive side of the ball, a group that has looked phenomenal, in camp like 85 bears phenomenal but how much is that (laughs) Sam Tevy? how much of that is Davenport how much of that is Ben Banigou and Kamoko Ture and these guys all actually being the real deal the way they looked in camp and that is the Colts defensive line they have looked fantastic they haven't been going up against the greatest competition as they have in practice in years past Going up against obviously Tevi and Davenport and Holden the guys they 've seen in training camp, but Ben Banago he seems to average about three four sacks of practice every single day. You go on Twitter and you see another sack by Ben Banagoo, another sack Ben Banagoo in the backfield, Ben Banago getting a hand on the quarterback every single day in camp we 've seen the same from terre we 've seen all the young pass rushers who I really wanted to see like I really wanted to see Quiddy pay play in the preseason it's not looking promising on sunday because of the ankle injury yesterday in practice But this defensive line, especially the young guys, I don't think we're going to see, you know, I think Buckner also was dealing with a foot this week, so I don't think we're going to see Buckner. probably don't see Grover. But as far as the guys who do play on the defensive line, I would love to see Ben Banigou out there because he has been all world in practice. And I know we've said a lot about taking this with a grain of salt, taking that with a grain of salt in practice. Jason, one thing I'll say about Ben Banigou in practice We talked about it last year. The reason he wasn't playing was because he wasn't practicing well. So he's a special case because he looks so good in practice despite going up against bad tackles. The fact that his motor has been turned to 100 in practice makes me feel pretty good about him because that was the biggest knock. He wasn't showing up in practice. He wasn't working hard in practice, yada, yada. Now he's here and he's on pace to be like the next white with like 200 career sacks in practice this summer going up against the backup tackles.
0: Yeah, no question. It's great to see the, the, you know, the, the, the trending in the right direction, so to speak, of, of Ben Banigou. I mean, obviously, things have not gone his, his way the first few years in the league. He hasn't gotten a lot of playing time. But, you know, you can go two ways with that. You can either say, whoa, is me and get down on yourself, or you can work twice as hard. And he did the opposite of woe is me, which is why we drafted him. He's not a he's a high character guy. So he went out and worked with with Buck in the offseason, worked some uh, with some other players as well, and really tried to fine-tune his game, especially you know, his hands and and stuff like that and his pass rush repertoire. Uh, I'm very excited to see him. I think uh, I think he's growing into what we want him to be, but again, we got to see it with the lights on. I think he and Terray are going to get a lot of snaps at the beginning of this game. I think, like you said, I don't think you're going to see any of the starters from the defensive line play. Pay is obviously not going to play with the injury. And then I'm not sure Lewis will play and Grover probably won't play. So you're going to see probably, you know, Banigou out there, maybe Muhammad uh, and then Andrew Brown and, and Antoine Woods. So you're, you're going to see. A lot of backups out there, but they've all been playing well. And, and, and nobody's mentioned Andrew Brown, but I I think he's played pretty well. He's a a pretty unheralded guy we picked up from from uh, Houston, I think it was, and he's been playing very well in the middle of our defense. So it, it would be great if we could develop a you know like a really solid rotation in the middle of our defense, with, along with Antoine Woods, who we signed from the Cowboys, who you know obviously has a lot of experience and uh, could definitely give our two big guys a blow I'm I'm interested to see how those guys play because they've all as far as I know all have played fairly well in in, in camp so I'm excited to see them go against uh, another team's offensive line especially Banigou especially Ture coming off you know that second surgery I really want to see you know how much those guys have improved I think a lot of these guys are going to be very important cogs to our defense this year because I think the plan and 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 it's always been Fluce's plan because he loves to rotate linemen to keep everybody fresh. But I think he's going to do that a lot this year, and he wants to depend on those two guys. Like, you know, you take Taekwondo out of the game, you take Pay out of the game, you put in, you know, Ture and Banigou, and and you you want to have the same level of, you know, pass rush ability, ability to make plays. So, you know, it starts with, you know, preseason games, getting experience, making some plays in the preseason game, just make making, you, making your presence felt, which really hasn't happened all that much. I feel like, obviously, Ture has done that more than Banagoo. He was really coming into his own when he sadly got hurt. So I expect him to kind of round into form. But if we could get Banagoo playing like we thought he would play when we drafted him, our defensive line could turn into a real strength. I mean, I feel like it already is. But if you add that depth with those players and you're able to rest a Buckner during the game, rest, you know, a Grover, rest Taekwon, rest Quiddy, it makes for uh, better players down the stretch because they're fresh, you know? So uh, I think that's the goal with with what we're doing here on defense to be able to rotate eight guys and, you know, for the first three quarters and then have the, you know, the best four play the last, you know, the last quarter and and really shut shit down on defense. And that's what I hope happens. And the first step for that to that happening is having going out there and having these backups play well this weekend against Carolina. No
1: question. It could really go from a group that was a weakness a couple of years ago to a group that's really a strength. Obviously the addition of Buckner in the middle changed a lot of that. And now we're not only seeing the young guys make strides at the end positions, that have been here for a couple of years that we drafted like Banigou and Ture and Ture finally being hundred percent healthy. But now we also have these guys that we just drafted this year, like Dio and Quidi also who are ready to burst onto the scene. You can really see it all kind of come together at the same time. If this year's rookies are ready right out the gate and then the guys who we drafted back in 18 and 19, if they all seem to get ready at the same time, you could just go from basically nothing at that position to everybody clicking on all cylinders going in to the 2021 season whenever you know Dio comes back and then hopefully quitty pays ready as soon as possible with the ankle injury yesterday another couple backup spots to look at on the defensive side of the football thing number two to watch on the defensive side of the football the backup linebackers you don't expect to see Darius Leonard in this game which means we anticipate EJ speed starting at the will if Okariki plays another starter so You never know if starters will or will not play in these preseason games. If Okariki's starting, will you expect him at the Mike, where he'll be in the regular season, taking over for Anthony Walker full-time? And then Zaire Franklin at the Sam. And this is a little bit interesting because EJ will be starting at the Will in replace of Darius Leonard for this game, but going into the rest, like let's say everybody's playing week two or three of the preseason, probably week two, Of the preseason which is going to be like the new week three in years past where you play maybe a half three quarters with your starters if leonard's healthy enough to do so coming off a little minor injury he had a few weeks back a little minor surgery but he's back in practice and looks good and looks healthy and full speed 100 percent in practice ej and zaire will be battling for the starting sam spot But we'll see EJ at the will this week. So just a couple backup linebackers, guys to watch, guys that have been here for a few years that might see a tick up in playing time now with the absence of Anthony Walker and pretty much all these other guys coming back. There'll be more playing time. You'll definitely see Okariki play more. And then it's kind of like everybody slides over one chair into another guy's spot.
0: Yeah, and listen, this isn't a question of whether these top two guys are going to make the team. They're obviously going to make the team. It's a question of, you know, they they want to see EJ at Sam some, but this week he's going to play well. He's been playing well the whole, you know, training camp because Darius has been out and he's played great. He's played great. I mean, grave reviews from everyone. He's made plays, uh, interceptions, fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, all kinds of stuff. So he's really, you know, EJ's really been playing well. Zaire you know is a veteran knows the defense very smart kid very smart player i think he's got a leg up on that sam spot i think he fits that spot well but i do think these two guys are definitely going to be on the roster obviously and i think jordan glasgow probably be the sixth linebacker because there's no way he doesn't make the team as far as a special teams player so maybe they keep a seventh linebacker is that malik jefferson who's that going to be i don't know is it sky Moore? I don't know. He seems like we've cut sky more 50 times, so I, I don't know who it's going to be, or Matt Adams, or you know, maybe we keep seven guys. But as far as the the guys that we're talking about for this, you know, key, it's just seeing how EJ speed plays at, at the will spot and see how Zaire Franklin plays because those are those are two important linebacker pl- players for us because if somebody goes down, those two guys are going to play, and especially you know, say, God forbid, Darius goes down, you know, EJ is going to play. He's going to be the, he's going to be the will. And then you would have obviously have, you know, Zaire at Sam. I know Fluse has mentioned that he wants to get a look at both of those guys. So I would, ex- at, at Sam. So I would expect them to move EJ around in this preseason game. That's the luxury you have. You can move guys around and get a look at them at different spots. So I expect you know, probably Zaire to start at the sam and e j to start at the will in this game, but i would I would not be shocked if very early in this game they moved you know e j to Sam just to get a look at him at that spot as well, so yeah, I'm excited to see how these young linebackers step into their roles because yeah we've lost we've lost some players I mean Anthony Walker was a big part of what we did he was a leader, he was very durable, there were some things about his play that we wanted to improve on, and that's why he's not here anymore. I think EJ is a much better pass defender than than uh, than Walker was, but he's also very young. So we're going to have to see how those things play out, but that's the great thing about actually having a preseason. You get to see them play out. So very excited to see these guys play on Sunday and ex- excited to see what our two young guys, uh, Zaire Franklin, and especially EJ Speed, do in this game versus Carolina.
1: Yep, and then similar things on the back end with the defensive back. Depth at the safety position, which was a big need this offseason. It was like an under-the-radar need because when you look at that Steeler game, the second Kari Willis Mm -hmm. went down, the defense just completely fell apart and just got toasted, and they came right back in the game. I think they went on like a 28-3 or a 28-7 run, whatever it was. It was an insane run to close out that game. We lost to the Steelers, as we always do, in Pittsburgh. But we addressed it this offseason – two Sean Davises, Sean Davis in free agency, Sean Davis in the draft, and Andre Chasser from Detroit. So we add safety depth there, George Odom as well, special teams, first team all pro. So we have depth there at safety, which we'll definitely be keeping an eye on. And then the return of Marvell Tell opted out last year due to COVID. He will be back at corner so that'll be another player that we should really have very high hopes for going into this season because he had a great rookie year changing positions at usc from safety to corner and then last year poof we don't see him due to covid he opted out so he will be back this year and he'll be back on sunday at corner so a guy we obviously are very excited to see on the field
0: no question, I'm a huge Marvell Tell guy, and I'm really excited to see him play again and see how he does uh, under the lights. Because again, we, he was he opted out last year. There was no preseason, so seeing a guy like him, Isaiah Rogers, another guy I love, just as far as his talent, his speed, didn't get a preseason last year. Was kind of just thrown into the fire as far as special teams goes. I'm excited to see him get a lot of snaps. You know, whether that be on the outside or in the slot and the nickel. And then the guy that you mentioned from we picked up from Detroit, I think last offseason, Chassier, uh, has been raved about. I know Floos mentioned him by name, brought him up in one of his pressers, saying that he's played outstanding football so far in training camp. You know, he can play free safety. He can play corner. He can play nickel. So that's uh that, that sounds like a guy that's got a real shot to make the team. When a coach calls you out by name in a presser, you've made an impression. And so – I'm excited to see him play. I think he might start at free safety. So, uh, and he's made some plays during training camp and done a really good job. That's another guy that I think, you know, maybe nobody's talking about that has a shot to make this team because, you know, if you can do a lot of different things, well, then you're going to be on the roster because, I mean, that fills so many different needs. If you can only do one thing, well, you can only do one thing. Well, you can't help out at any other positions, but but it sounds like Chessier can do a lot of different things, and so I'm interested to see how long he plays, how he plays, and what positions he plays. If he plays well, at you know, at free safety, uh, he could be the number one backup there. You just never know. I I mean, I like George Odom a lot, but they don't seem to trust him with the way that they've kind of signed other players, and I know they brought in Ha Ha Clinton Dix to work him out. I don't think they sign. I mean, I, I think one of the reasons they didn't sign him is they like Chessier so much. So I think this is a big opportunity for him to go out there to start a game and get an opportunity to make some plays and make a name for himself, put up some positive film. Uh, and if he does that, this guy could easily make the roster. So very interested to see this young secondary as far as the backups go and see who steps up because there's a lot of talent back there. I, I, like I said, Rodgers I think is – He's got the ability to be a really good player. Tell has all the athletic traits you look for, could be a really good player. And Jasir, I mean, he's he's made a name for himself. He started to make some plays. And like I said, he reminds me, you know, he can do so many different things. He reminds me a lot of T.J. Carey. You uh, can play in nickel, you can play outside, and you can play free safety. So, you know, you can never have enough guys that can do multiple things. So I'm very excited to see how he plays because obviously we're going to have to have guys behind those starters that can come in and hold up their end of the bargain because we've, we, we know we're going to deal with injuries. That's this league. It's always been this league, and it's going to continue to be this league. So we're going to have injuries, and you want to see if these guys are capable of being able to come in and hold their own, and that's what, you know. again, is so great about the preseason. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited that it's back is because now you're going to get to see these guys go out play whether it's against the second team third team really doesn't matter in the sense that you're getting out there and you're getting live reps against another team so you know i'm really pumped if you can't tell that the preseason is back and i'm really excited about our young defense and uh, in, in these backups getting uh an opportunity to go out and show what they can do
1: since the preseason doesn't matter jason you have three weeks to pick the colts before you're not allowed to pick them again
0: I'm picking um, – I always pick against the Colts in the preseason. No, you got
1: to pick the Colts in the preseason just to nah, get out of nah, your system. Man. That oh, way you're okay. not tempted in the regular season.
0: Okay, I'm picking the Colts even though I know they're probably going to lose because they don't give a shit about winning preseason games. Awesome. You know, contrary now Jason to really took the
1: Colts good. and because the Colts historically don't play well in the preseason, I'm going to probably throw a couple grand down on the Panthers to take this one even though we don't even know who's starting. Is Sam Darnold starting for the Panthers?
0: uh good question i have no idea but i do know this luke if we go for it on fourth down at the end of the game instead of kicking a field goal to tie it Uh uh-oh rick Rick venturi's gonna have rick venturi's gonna have a meltdown in the booth. top
1: five (laughs) preseason moment actually probably number one preseason moment of all time rick Venturi what the hell how do you say his last name venturi rick venturi Losing his mind over the Colts going for it for two to avoid overtime. Yeah, instead of what? Instead of
0: <laughs> instead if you kick the extra the point,
1: you could go to overtime.
0: <laughs> what uh, is he and to, doing? <laughs> and to think the local media thinks this guy's a deity, man. It's hilarious. He literally oh, said, no. word for word. What? What is he doing? Does he realize <laughs> if he kicks the extra point, you could you could prolong <gasps> the game? oh my god <laughs> good long dude i will never understand the indie media's love affair with that guy I know. he was a horrible horrible coordinator horrible head coach now he's a horrible color guy horrible
1: person with the with the racism in college when he was at northwestern i mean everything yeah. about him is just awful he's an awful human being and then the indie media loves him
0: yeah I'd, i'll never get it but you know it is what it is luckily there's a mute button, so hopefully I won't have to listen to him. I'll just watch the game and not enjoy his play or his color commentary. True, <laughs> uh, you know. So yeah, I mean it. It's it, he's hilarious. he is hilarious though. Like that whole thing when he wanted to he wanted to kick the extra point to go to overtime in a preseason game. I think, <laughs> that, I think that sums him up pretty. Nobody much. even wants a
1: fourth quarter of preseason games. By the time you get to that point, it's like all right, we could turn the game off in the middle of the third, even right. at halftime most of the time. Yeah, that was yeah, because those yeah.
0: back end guys—they're not making a loss. Yeah.
1: but when you're what three forty six and one or whatever he was in your career, I guess preseason win loss record means some means something to you.
0: Luke, I don't mean to be a jerk or an asshole here, but I just want to go ahead and correct you. Uh, that's three fifty one and one team, sir.
1: Damn. <laughs> Damn. He's so bad. Even you know, like sometimes you like try to exaggerate something. Like, oh, you know, he's a million times better than that person. I actually thought I was over blowing it. I thought I was going over the top like three and pick a ridiculous number 46. But no, he was even worse than that. 351 and one. Dear God. Oh my god. <laughs> I just can't I can't believe he does color commentating for the Colts on the radio. Or well, usually man. on TV in the preseason. But enjoy it, guys. Enjoy it on Sunday. Enjoy it on mute. If it's on television and Rick Venturi doing the color commentating, <laughs> but enjoy the game. Watch the six things that we're going to watch three offense, three defense, anything else you guys want to watch the kicker battle. If you guys are into that. So a lot to watch in this preseason game. It's the first of three, no fourth game this year, the first of three. So it's almost like you're already in week two of the preseason. <laughs>
0: Yeah, one last thing, guys, I would ask you to do. If you you believe in a God, whatever your God is, please pray to that God that we do not have a ton of injuries because, good Lord, man, we've had so many uh, foot injuries it would make Rex Ryan blush uh, in the first part (laughs) of the season. Let's let's just pray that both teams stay healthy because this injury bug is getting so ridiculously old.
1: To be honest, though, we're better off, I think, playing preseason games. I'm more nervous about the joint practices – with the Panthers than I am the game against the Panthers because, and I'm starting to think Jason, there might be something wrong with our practice field because it's almost beyond the point. It's almost beyond the point of just coincidence. How many coincidences could you have at the same body part? It's all the foot. So it almost makes me think that there's something wrong with the turf or the grass or whatever the substance we're playing on the terrain of this practice
0: field. I mean, it's certainly. Look, at the very least, they need to look into it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's I mean, this is ridiculous. It's just unbelievable the amount of injuries that we've had with feet. It's crazy. I'm surprised Rex Ryan hasn't like pitched a tent <laughs> at the uh, at, at at the at the field because there's so many. Footage. If you have,
1: if, if a guy like I'm, Rex Ryan has a foot fetish. I feel like there's not even that big of a difference between male feet and female feet. Anyway, the foot is like the ugliest part of the body and it kind of looks the same on everybody. So yeah, if Rex Ryan was in Indy right now, he would definitely be having himself a field day.
0: Oh yeah, man. And, and you know, there's, I never get tired of doing Rex Ryan, uh, feet jokes. Somebody was, uh, <laughs> somebody was chastising me on Twitter about it. Like, Oh, it's just not funny. No, no, I think it's still funny. I, I As long as I amuse myself, I'll keep making the Rex Ryan feature. joke. <laughs> It is true.
1: All right, guys. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Colts-Panthers, 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon at Lucas Oil Stadium, the first of three and the only home preseason game. We have nine home games in the regular season, one in the preseason. So enjoy it, guys. Look for these things we're going to be looking for, these six things, other things, kicking battle, stuff like that could also be, you know, watched out for in this game. And then we'll be back Sunday night, Monday afternoon, Monday morning with the game recap, recapping what we see on Sunday. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the For the Culture Podcast. Today's episode of the For the Culture podcast is brought to you by our friends at Cannadips CBD. They are the nation's leader in tobacco and nicotine-free dip. It's the alternative with cannabis instead of nicotine and tobacco it's a fast acting and innovative way to consume cbd that works and tastes great plus you won't have to play sneak at you with your wife during football season which is right around the corner and thanks to our friends at Canada Dip CBD, they present the game of the year that's right the game of the year one winner will be chosen on august 31st entry is easy you just head to Canadip's. CBD.com, that's C A N N A D I P S, CBD.com, and click the link or visit Candidip's main Instagram page and look for the blue check mark. One winner will be chosen and can bring a plus one to any Colts game this regular season. That's right. They are picking one winner on August 31st to bring a plus one to a Colts game of your choosing this regular season. But wait, there's more. Airfare for two with luxury hotel and lodging will be included with great seats for the game. Guys, I don't know why you wouldn't head to CanadaDipsCBD.com. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Twitter. CanadaDips, that's C-A-N-N-A-D-I-P-S cbd.com it's like dip you put a little bit behind your lip no nicotine no tobacco no reason to not go check these guys out and enter to win a free ticket to any colts regular season game of your choosing you get to bring a friend you could bring a girl you could bring your buddy you could bring whoever you want the lodging the airfare it's luxurious it's free. Go to canadipscbd.com. We thank our friends at Canadips CBD for sponsoring this episode of the For the Culture podcast.